What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of The Press with Will Davis. Thank you for listening and subscribing. If you get a chance to leave a rating and a review, would really, really appreciate that. Will plays defensive back for the San Francisco 49ers. He is a Spokane native. One thing I really enjoyed getting into with him, though, was growing up splitting time between Spokane and Compton. He's got some stories. I mean, he, he dealt with some real stuff had to avoid some some pitfalls that a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to kind of escape. And he was able to stay focused on, on school and sports enough to, you know, make a good living for himself in the NFL. He actually didn't start playing football until his senior year at Central Valley. Had a rapid rise, dealt with some obstacles, Bounced around to a couple schools before he ended up at Utah State. Was an All-American in the third-round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins. Been in the league for a few years, but has had a couple difficult years. Two ACL injuries. Got back on the field a little bit in 2016, but now sounds really optimistic and excited about the opportunity ahead of him in San Francisco. Really fun, energetic, engaging guy to talk to. Started off by discussing one of his hobbies, photography. He's got an Instagram account. Great stuff on there. Will.sites. You should check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Episode 12 of The Press with Will Davis. You've been doing much traveling? Uh, well, the beginning of the year, yeah, I did a lot. Um, I was overseas uh, with my girlfriend and uh, in the UK and just stayed there for, was basically there for about three months. And then uh, from there, you know, visiting some friends of mine in Paris and Switzerland and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I did a lot of traveling that January to like, like March, April. How did that get started for you? Like what, what? Have you always kind of had that itch, or was that something that, you know, once... I mean, yeah, I've always had that. I definitely always had the itch, but I definitely never had the money. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it all started uh, when I, you know, made it to the NFL. <laughs> What's the best place you visited? You know, and uh, the best place... Um, I mean, you know, I enjoy London a lot. I've been there the most. Uh, but um, I also have a great... Yeah, I've had a lot of great experiences in Paris and... Uh, Sweden was actually pretty pretty dope, and then uh, being with my friend in Switzerland, uh, going to the Swiss Alps and all that stuff, that was sick. That was an experience for sure. Could you see yourself living over there at some point? Uh, yeah, in the UK, yeah, yeah, for sure. London. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely London, or or just outside of it. Now you're really into photography. That's I didn't really know that until recently, and I saw you have like your own Instagram account <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely like a a new thing that's been going really well. I have to admit. Um I I was also I'd say blessed to um link up with um some photographers, and the ones I was talking about in Paris, those are my friends and and the one that helped me out a lot who um is actually, you know, uses the same type of camera I do. Uh that's why I mean, he kind of elevated my game and really got me to understand my camera, how it works, the settings and and all that and how to adjust them, you know, faster and quicker depending on, you know, what you see outside. And, and, uh, and so I'd say definitely this year, about February, you know, linking up with them guys a number of times every week going out, uh, that really changed everything. And that really made me want to, you know, make an account and post on my picks. And yeah. And so that's definitely a new thing and it's been going good, man. It's been going really good. What, what do you like yeah, as your, I guess, subject, so to speak, is it people? Is it uh, backdrops? Yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely more like a, 
I guess street photographer. I mean, if you see most of my pictures are definitely you know, out there, just wandering around um, different cities. Whether um, obviously my when I first started putting them up, I mean, a lot of it was out there in London. I was doing that every week. So, and then um, once you know in Paris and stuff like that, and then once I got to Spokane, I was really excited to come back here and just uh, you know uh, I guess paint the best picture of Spokane I could. And I've, I've had some pretty some pretty sick pictures, I'd say, and, uh, and that a lot of you know people um, also commented on and, and liked a lot too so i mean uh definitely uh you know it was fun to come back here and just and just like you know snap the city and just take dope kicks my favorite one i was scrolling through your instagram account was uh the uh, one of, <laughs> uh down at peaceful valley because we actually have a pickup game there a couple times a week and so i love no I, I love that court it's like it's the coolest <laughs> outdoor basketball court because you're under a highway bridge uh, you got uh-huh. these old homes surrounding it, and then you have like the crazy paintings of the animals and basketball jerseys and all yes, types of stuff. Yes, it's all like yes. faded and old looking, but uh, uh-huh. like so cool and gritty. It's just like it's a great place to play pickup basketball, and then like the coolest backdrop too. A hundred percent. Like I, I totally agree with you, and like even like uh, um, that you know even that just a classic hoop fest backboard and. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and I mean, it's a it's a great like Spokane shot. A friend of mine, he's a photographer out here named Jordan. Uh, he showed me that spot, and we ended up going there on a, obviously a great day when the court, the court was clear, and and so it was just us in the court, man. And there was yeah, there's no better time. And uh, and I had it sitting in my computer for a while, and of course, when Hoops came around, it seemed like the perfect thing to post. And so yeah, man, it, that that picture I love too, just seeing that a huge bridge going across, and then just that empty court, and all the other uh, the paintings, colors, and then just that Hoops sign is. It's you know it's Spokane you know and so. What's what's the most important thing you think you've learned, not from like a a, a technical standpoint like a, a, you know as far as using the camera itself but a, as far as like composition and your eye so to speak that that has allowed you to progress and become a better photographer. I mean, uh, a lot of things always I guess try to make sure no matter where I'm at and is uh just the exposure you know it's, if it's you know uh, underexposed overexposed i mean i always try to get those settings right as far as setting like the shutter speed the you know the iso and you know and all that just to make sure like the aperture and all that's right so that you know at least the picture comes out you know because sometimes you know it's either really bright outside not bright dark gloomy and all that stuff and just getting that right um i guess is is uh first and foremost and then of course just uh I don't know, like, you know, when you got when I'm outside, I just wander around by myself. I mean, I don't really see a lot, but when I have my camera in my hand, I mean, you know, you're really looking at everything, man. And, uh, and, and sometimes it's, you know, just, you get lucky, you know, there's <laughs> people walking at the same spot that looks just right and, and it looks sick and, or just the, the lighting sunset that day is just crazy ridiculous or, you know, so you definitely get lucky at times, but you know, when you're out and, you know, just wandering around, I mean, you just, you know, just looking around, man. And, and see what you can find. I mean, it's easier when you have a subject, a person, because obviously and you're planning more, you know, okay, I want this guy here, this and that. And, and that's fun and everything. And, but at the same time, you know, with my friends and stuff, but uh, just going out there and just wandering around, looking around downtown and stuff like that and, and taking pics. And when you find a great one, man, I mean, just that one pic each day is, is all you need. And, uh, and you love it and you just can't wait to go back home, edit it a little bit and, and then uh, see what the world looks about it. You think this could turn into a post-football career? <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I've had a uh, um, a few like a catering company, this wedding wedding deal, 
um, this summer that have reached out to me and wanted me to come out and uh, shoot for them. And, and of course, I've had a number of, uh, well, like three or four parents wanted me to, you know, senior photos and stuff like that. So um, it's one of those things that it's, I never, you know, going into, I never want to turn into a job. I, I feel like once you do that, it changes, I don't know, it changes some things. So um, I haven't really thought about it yet. You know, definitely football's first, and that's all I care about right now. Just having fun going out there, taking dope pics and, and posting them. What's the, what's the Instagram account? Because I checked it out, and you got some great stuff on it. Uh, the Instagram account is will.site, so W-I-L-L dot S-I-G-H-T-S, will.site. Cool. One of the things, dope. Yeah, no, I mean, I I checked it. I was I was reading up on you the other night, and I uh, I, uh-huh. I didn't know about the photography thing, and so I saw that you had an Instagram account. I had to check it out, and that, like I said, that Peaceful Valley, all the pictures are really cool. But that Peaceful Valley one, as soon as I saw it, uh, it's t- the one that, totally yeah, grabbed yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connected yeah. most of you. I, I love it. Yeah, down there. that's dope. That's dope. Uh, I appreciate it, man. One of the things I want to ask about um, was just your your background and growing up because you grew up in two totally different areas at least I, w- I would assume you know <laughs> having not grown up in Spokane yeah. but no one Spokane and having never been to Compton but you hear certain hear certain things about Compton what what was that dynamic like because you like during the year you were in Spok- Spokane right and then summers in Compton yeah, four years summers. yeah correct um it was I mean to be honest you know uh the years I was out there in Compton staying at my mom's my mom's mom's house and my grandma's house uh it was uh you know, I was young, so I mean, um, you know, you're just in the streets with my cousins, the main two, you know, with me, my cousin <coughs> Marcus and my cousin Magic, and yeah, we're just, you know, we're in the streets with them and, you know, running around, just being kids, man, uh, basketball, didn't do much, you never really left the block, I mean, there's definitely things you understood and areas you understood you couldn't go, but, you know, by my older brother and then uh, their older brother, you know, there's places that they said, of course, we can really veer off to and so you didn't really walk around too far, but uh, we had a basketball court down the street. We had a water park, uh, you know, a couple blocks away called Gonzalez Park. And, and so, I mean, there was definitely things we could do. Uh, I'd say, you know, my last summer there, I was probably about 14, 15. And that's the first time I seen uh, uh gunfire and just, you know, a drive by that was, you know, next door. And that was the last summer I went back. Um, and that was the last summer, I think, uh, you know, going into high school. And, and I was about, you know, 15, 16. At that age, you know, uh, you start getting asked to do a lot of things more than just the average kids should be doing, whether it's helping out, you know, carrying guns and stuff like that. Little stuff that you shouldn't really, you know, kids that you don't think about. But, you know, these guys, you've been 12, 13, they've been buying you T-shirts, taking care of you, feeding you food. And, you know, they're like big brothers to you on the block. And, and, uh, and it gets to that. And so by the time you get to that age, you know, if they ask you to do something, you know, you kind of feel obligated. And so I didn't really notice the difference until I grew up, um, you know, probably 24, started going back and you kind of just see the path, you know, my cousins went and how they're doing in life. And you see the path, like me and my brother went, how we're doing in life. And, you know, me and my brother, both college graduates, uh, my brother's doing well working in LA. Um, I'm doing well, of course, I got blessed to get drafted. And, you know, my two cousins that, you know, my right hand guys, my, you know, my best friends, you know, both of them are, you know, been in and out of jail. One's back in jail. And, you know, and, you know, it's, and it's crazy just how just two different, same kids, but, you know, grow up in two different neighborhoods and, and two different types of schoolings and two different systems and, and how it works out for them, you know, and I, you know, I can hear you say, like, we were all in the same state of mind, same kids, same 
brightness at the time. And, uh, you know, you put one kid and make him grow here and you put the same kid and make him grow somewhere else. Uh, it changes dramatically, you know, how, how everything could turn out. What was the difference between you and your brother and these other two kids that, that, that caused you guys to go? Was it, was it guidance by parents or family? Was it maybe the Spokane experience and seeing that it doesn't have to be this way? Like what, what allowed you to kind of go down the, the path that ended up being more, I guess, productive, you could say? Uh, I, I'd clearly say just the people you're surrounded with, you know, the, the kids I went to school with, I uh, went to Cincinnati High School and, you know, predominantly white school. And so most of my friends are white and most of my friends, I mean, uh, you know, everybody's going to college and it's really deciding which college you're going to or, you know, where are you going after? And, and you know, everybody's still trying to get good grades, trying to, you know, of course, be the best athlete. I mean, so it was just, you know, stuff you didn't think about. And friends down there, you know, when you go home after school, it's, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're looking up to guys with, you know, had dope whips and, you know, a lot of cash on them, and and so how do you get that? You know, you you know sell drugs or do this or you know do missions for them, whether that consists of you know carrying bullets, doing guns, you know stuff like that. You know, and and, and that's who they're surrounded by, and and we're surrounded. You know, we during the school year we're surrounded by this. You know, we only had to go to that three months out of the year, and you know by the time you know we realized, you know we're getting older, and there's a lot of more things, you know responsibilities and content that we'd have to take care of. You know, I stopped going and. And my, my brother stopped going, and, you know, it's just one of those things, like, we're surrounded by a totally different amount of people with totally different goals and totally different ambitions than what they're surrounded with down there in, you know, California. Do you remember the first time you were put in an uncomfortable situation where you're like, I- I'm not sure I should be doing this? Uh, I, I can look back and say about the time, no. I mean, uh, there's one time where we were up the street and we had to carry these bullets to another guy's house couple you know maybe uh, blocks up and and it really wasn't a big deal i thought it was kind of cool to be honest you know i'm helping out uh you know this guy who you know he gives us you know these dope white t-shirts every week and and then he throws them some cash every now and then and and uh and it was always cool to be you know 12 13 and you got you know 80 100 bucks on you i mean that's dope <laughs> so at the time no it wasn't a bad thing it was actually to me I, I was glad he doing it and it felt cool i mean obviously i knew I shouldn't be doing it, but it was one of those things like, yeah, this is, this is fun, you know? Um, and yeah, but looking back, yeah, I mean, and that's when I, you know, 12, 13, so I can imagine how things were for them, you know, 17, 18, 20, 21, yeah. you know, at that age, it's totally different. So, uh, the things they probably got to have to do are just dramatically enlarged and which is why they ended up in the situation, you know, they ended up in. What do you remember about the, the drive-by and seeing gunfire for the first time? Um, we were, I remember just being out on uh, the street shooting guys, and, uh, which is, you know, a gambling game, craps, actually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, um, you know, it was getting nighttime, and grandma comes back, calling us in, and, and, you know, it seemed like every time these cars go by, the, our neighbors, uh, you know, they had their guns ready, and they kind of lean up and just look up, and so, man, me and my cousin knew, okay, something's happening, you know, it's going to be crazy, and so, of course, you know, we're kind of, you know, stupidly excited and my grandma she's actually dead so uh we kind of snuck on behind the couch slightly opened the door ran back outside and and uh and just you know the classic car you know coming by it's like a light show you know but it's, it's dark on the block so in every every shot is just like the whole block lights up boom 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 they're going back and forth and you know you're just on the ground and just 
you know, it's loud and then, you know, car alarms are going off and, uh, and then next thing you know, like they peel off and all the kids, you know, running around, picking up all the bullets, throwing them everywhere, which, uh, is something that I didn't understand, you know, but it was like, yo, let's go do it. Cause they're telling us to do it. And, you know, it makes sense in the sense of like, you know, it's a good tactic. You got fingerprints over everything, mm. all these different kids, you know, and, and it's like, dang, you know, that, I didn't even think about that. And you don't know who's who's and da da da. Mm. And then next thing you know, a big helicopter comes and those lights, man, you don't realize how big those lights cover, man. That, that thing, those helicopter lights cover literally like the whole block was like bright. And uh, the cops came, cut off everything. Da da da. Where everybody's outside, sitting on their fences. And, and you know, they're on the loudspeaker telling them, you know, get out of the house. And yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. It was definitely one of those experiences that you you know you'll never forget. You know, details to see, and, and it's just like man, and uh, you know that's something that you should never see in your life, really. Did you and did you have to come out of the house and deal with the police? Uh, no. I mean, you know, we're kids. They yeah. don't know who did what. I mean, yeah. by the time they came, we're we're just sitting behind the fence, curious, yeah, yeah. outside, just like every other neighbor would be. You know, kind of just like, hey, what happened? What's going on? And so. Uh, but the only people that had to deal with it was, of course, the neighbors who they assumed, I guess, you know, the cops already ha- had labeled the house as, you know, gang members' house or whatever, but, yeah, that was the only people who were just all outside just looking. Was that the scariest experience you think you had down there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, it, you know, even all those years <clears throat> that was down there, nothing like that ever happened. I mean, you know, we had... Uh, cousins, uncles passed away, shooting, stuff like that. But it's not like we witnessed it. Um, but, you know, we went to a lot of funerals and stuff like that growing up, and that was just kind of, you know, the way of life. And But that that right there, yeah, was one of the ones that really had me like, man, you know, at that time, you know, I'm a sophomore, getting ready for basketball. And there's a lot of things that had ahead of me uh, that, you know, I kind of really wanted to go through, and, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really go back. <laughs> Your brother, Sean, got shot, didn't he? He he actually yeah was in a scary situation. He didn't get uh, shot. He actually was just in you know shot at, and that's something that you know when he told me that it was him and uh, his friend Chepe and Johnny and yeah just walking around in the wrong you know wrong place at the wrong time and one of those things. Uh, my dad was the only one. I mean he you know he experienced it all. He's been shot twice. He's he was in the games growing up, and so I think it was huge for him to even get us out. And it wasn't you know if it wasn't for the divorce and my mom being there and, uh, you know, it was one of those things he probably never really wanted us to go back anyway, but, you know, we had to see our mom. And so that was, you know, our lot of time every summer we go down to California. So what's it like after that experience? You said you're going into your sophomore year, going back to Spokane for good and, and having all of those memories and again, experiences kind of in, in the back of your mind. I mean, I would assume it kind of, to some extent hardens you up a little bit, but then you go to Spokane where it's, it's such a totally different environment. I mean, uh, I mean, only my really close friends, you know, know about all that. I mean, the other day I come back here and life is good. I mean, you know, I'm, I could literally walk from the top of Sullivan all the way down to, the Sp- you know, Spokane Valley Mall and without worrying about nothing. I mean, it's just one of those things like, you know, you get back here and just, you know, appreciate the, the freedom and, you know, I guess not having to worry about too much, especially being out here in the valley growing up and uh it wasn't I don't know it was one of the things you I didn't think about it too much you know I get here and you know it's kind of like 
you know, done with that, and that's gone. It's in the past. Life's good. You know, I got the homies and my boys out here, and and just yeah, just living life. So it wasn't a thing I guess uh, was in the back of my head ever. You know, it was definitely forgotten, and I was kind of you know that's what it is out there. And, and I knew coming back here, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about any of that. So yeah, you were happy to be in Spokane at that point. Yeah, I mean, I just I just knew this. You know, it was just I guess the, the just not having to worry about anything. You know. So it's just I'm here, and, and I, it's one of those things I don't have to worry about none of that. So it wasn't thought of. It wasn't like something back in my head. Like I said, it was just uh, back in Spokane, you know, and just looking for you know, the fun things to do, play ball, and just and just have fun. Do you think you could have made money playing basketball or track? <laughs> uh, man, to be honest, like yeah, my friends asking that too. Uh, Especially when it comes to basketball, like, hey man, do you think you could have made it to the league if you kept playing basketball? And I couldn't tell you, man. I, when I started playing football, it wasn't my goal to make it to the league, but uh, ended up paving the way to go to college and all that stuff. So I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, I'm, you know, in my mind, shoot, you know, anything could happen. I really think, you know, if I did to play football, I probably would have had a shot, and hopefully, I would have took advantage of it and I you know I'd be playing in the NBA but um it's definitely one of those things that uh I, I couldn't tell you and of course in my mind I think the way I thought and how I wouldn't say cocky I was but confident I was yeah I probably would have thought I still would have made it but you know at the end of the day I took the football route and yeah made it and, and going into year five so uh you know I can't complain because you didn't play until your senior year of high school your brother played right but you didn't play until yeah your last year senior yeah yeah correct why was that? Oh, it was just a big, uh, young, my brother played ball. He was great at it. Uh, never wanted to be looked at as below him or under his shadow or little brother, you know. And uh, so I was, I had basketball. I was a better basketball player. And um, and that was my route. And I just stuck to that, you know. And, and in that world, I was the guy and not um, little brother. And I don't want to go into the football world and possibly become little brother, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that was, yeah, it was kind of like that childhood growing up rivalry that uh, kind of paved that decision. So what clicked once you started playing? I mean, did it, did it come naturally to you? Um, I think just, uh, I mean, I always loved being, you know, I was definitely a good athlete, loved competing. So when it came down to it, um, I was in two positions where I really could just, kind of go out there and show off my athleticism I'd say you know being a wide receiver in the corner um it's really just uh competing and being you know the better athlete when it comes to high school you know at least I'd say and and in that situation most times I was a better athlete than either the person in front of me and um so it it just yeah it's kind of clicked like okay you know run with this guy or run past this guy you know and (laughs) and, uh that was kind of the thing and so it kind of came uh obviously uh natural and it came uh easier than I'd expected and and uh, end up having a good senior year, man. And Western Washington was the only scholarship? Yeah, yep. And then a weird situation there. Cause they, <laughs> they, you redshirted, right? And then they they yeah. ended the program yeah. before you actually got a chance to play. Yeah. Never got to actually play in an actual game for them. Uh, you know. And, I, man, it was uh, one of those experiences that, I remember, you know, sitting there at the meeting, they call them the meeting, and all that, all, you know, all the athletes there, you know, that right after, you know, we had a good year that year. We ended up going to the bowl game, winning the bowl game, something Western hasn't done in a while at that point. And 
And so it was kind of crazy, like, when we get this call, everybody's getting called out of class, and Rob me, and then the coach is sitting there telling us the program's over, and me, I don't really get it. I was like, wait, wait, what? I don't understand. I see the seniors, or to be seniors, you know, very emotional. And, and then they're explaining, like, the situations as far as everybody keeping the scholarships, everybody being able to transfer, and, and all the options we had. And, uh, and so that was, you know, crazy for me. But honestly, uh, my freshman year was – I had a blast at Western. I loved it. I had good friends that I met. And, and at the same time, like, uh, I'm just glad to have a scholarship. And and um, they also offered me to come on and play track. And, and so I, it was kind of like, you know, a great situation. I have a college. I have my scholarship. I got my friends, like – why not stay? So uh, I took a trip to uh, Western Oregon um, and, you know, didn't decide I really liked it too much. So I decided to just stay at Western and do track. So you thought, I mean, it's not like you're a kid that grew up playing Pop Warner and all this stuff where it was hard to kind of leave exactly. that experience behind. Yeah. I mean, you were like, you're like, okay, I did it for a couple of years. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, I did it. Hey, it got me the scholarship. Dope. Um, now, you know, I can compete, which I, you know, I still in the sport and did track. So I was like, yo, this is sick. I can, you know, and that's all I really, I knew I wanted, you know, I was always, I've always had that itch to continue like competing and winning, you know, I needed to do that in life. And, and so I had track to do it. And so I figured, uh, stay here, you know, and do this. I'm, I'm, I'll be good. And, uh, and so I, you know, stayed my next year and, but, you know, during that next year, yeah, I realized that that wasn't the dream I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask what changed. Uh, it was just so much like, uh, track. I mean, I love track that, but it was definitely more individual sport as much as this team. Um, and I didn't realize how much I missed that, that team, like winning with other people, not just winning by myself, but winning with other people and all that stuff. And, uh, and just, you know, my boy, Pat Mealy, uh, he played at University of Idaho in high school with him. He was there and he, you know, he told me like, bro, you're better than these kids out here. And uh, no offense to any, you know, the corners that play there, but, uh, you know, that's just a friend talking to a friend and his belief in me. And and to be honest, that was like the switch, like, you know, forget this, man. Like, uh, I, there's 120 D1 schools out there. There's no way I shouldn't be playing. And uh, I remember talking to my roommates about it. And then sure enough, man, just was uh, obviously continuing doing track, but at the same time just training. And then uh, talking to this, some friend of mine back home in Spokane, uh, Blaze Bella, who I went to high school with too, was a kicker, and he's like, yo, I'm going to JC. Um, at the time, he was already out of JC. He was thinking about transfer to another JC in California, and I talked to some other guys who went to Western who were you know, junior college transfers, and they said, yo, California and JC is the way to go if you want to, you know, get your name back out. And um, so for me, I was like, oh, yo, this is sick. And supposed to have a high school friend I'm going to go down there with. Like, honestly, screw it. Uh, I got to go. I got to do this. I got to see this out. So that's when I decided to leave Western, um, you know, talk to the track coach and all that. So I wasn't coming back and, you know, talk to my friends and told them what I plan on doing. And I said, yo, I'm going to go down to JC, play one year. I'm going to go D1. No question. And, and of course, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, I'm oblivious. You know, I didn't realize, okay, the only scholarship I had coming out of high school was Division Two. I didn't realize, like, Division One was, you know, this and, you know, D1 AA and all that. So, you know, me, it was, it was cake. There's 120 schools. Yeah, I'm a great athlete. There's no way I don't pick up one, you know, some scholarship somewhere. And so, yeah, I said, you know, I'll go down to JC, play one year, and get out of there. And uh, sure enough, man, that's exactly how it went. What was the uh, the biggest hurdle for that year? Because, I mean, like you said, it 
you think it's going to be easy, but it isn't necessarily that. Like, and it's super competitive, especially in recruiting and all that. What did you have to do to make that come to fruition? Um, I think when I got down there, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of kids, and, and the, I think the one thing that, you know, motivated me more, like, yo, all these kids at junior college, every single one of them, um, they all thought they were going to the NFL. Like without a doubt, and uh, and so when I got that, I was like, man, that's crazy. And and then obviously you start competing, and um, I'm out competing, all of them, you know. And so in my head, I'm like, dang, you know, they're dreaming, they're so confident. I'm a, I'm a for sure, like, you know, making. They're all playing on this D1, that D1, and blah blah blah. blah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, I should be, I should be good. And I'd say, I mean, the first game, you know, uh, I had two interceptions and one uh, one return for a touchdown. So. <laughs> When That's I say, like, <laughs> the year can start off any better, <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, this is cake. Like, literally, two interceptions, one for a touchdown. Next game, interception. I mean, I ended up having, like, eight interceptions in ten games and two for touchdowns. So, it was it was a great year. But it was one of those, I guess, when it came to mid-year, and it was the, the hurdle was just trying to figure out how do, I, how do I get my name out, you know. I'm trying to make, you know, I had a friend of mine there who's trying to, you know, we're trying to make this video, this highlight film, and. I'm literally like Googling every email, you know, to every college and D1, writing them down and trying to send these links to all these emails. And, and, uh, cause, you know, I had really, you know, no connections and stuff like that. And then, of course, I had my coach. And, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'd say the biggest hurdle was just trying to get my name out. But, um, I think, you know, it probably took care of itself more than I thought. Of course, that just stressed me out because I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm game five and I probably already had, like, five interceptions and I'm thinking like, man, I haven't got any offers. I don't know how it works. So I'm thinking like it's almost halfway through the year and I haven't got one offer. Hey, I got to get on it. And, uh, but to be fair, like every game, uh, every game for me went, went good. So as far as what I did on the field, um, never really was a hurdle, but it's more so mentally what I thought I needed to do off the field, um, to get that scholarship. And then, uh, once they started coming in, uh, man, it was the most peaceful thing ever. And, uh, and it was just, yeah, relaxing. And I, now it was just like planning recruiting trips and I'll go here, there, you know, and stuff like that. So once it got to about, I'd say, um, week seven, eight, uh, that's when yeah, I wasn't really stressed. I mean, it was just like, okay, well, no, I'm going to do one. Let's just continue this year, finish it all, ball out. And then I figure out when I want to go. I and mean, it was fun to come back home every day with my roommates and, we're looking at this, you know, news, news, like little letter I get from this school, this letter, this letter. And now we're all sitting there as a group huddle, man. Where should, where should we go? Where should I go? <laughs> <laughs> what made Utah State the right fit? Uh, Gary Anderson. Coach Gary Anderson. Yeah, the head coach. Uh, he swayed everything. Um, I really wanted to go to Hawaii. A lot of people would tell you that. My dad will tell you that. Um, and the one tempting thing was coming back home to Eastern, um, especially because, you know, the year I was coming out was the year they just won the national championship. So mm-hmm. it was a huge thing. I'm like, oh, we're going to go there again. We're going to win another. So I was like, hey, and all my friends, a lot of my friends went to, you know, uh, are played in the same, you know, Spokane, GSL, went there. So it was kind of like, man, uh, damn, kind of, it will be kind of dope to come back here and, and do all that but um you know i really wanted to go d1 and and i had some d1 offers and so i figured hey if i'm gonna do this um you know never know how's gonna last uh, at least i could say i went to the highest level and played um and but gary anderson going there going on a trip and and all the promises he made and uh, he just really made me feel confident that if i come here i'm gonna play 
and uh, and we're going, you know, we're going to do this, do that. We're going to win championships. And he, he even said, you know, I'll take it because I told him, I was like, I really want to at least take my trip to Hawaii. Never been to Hawaii. I got family there. And he said, yeah, I'll take you down to Hawaii when we go down there and, and, uh, and kick their ass. Excuse the language. <laughs> and I remember laughing like, oh, damn, that's funny. Like, I love this guy. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, man, we he took me down to Hawaii the next year. We went down there and we beat him. And, uh, and so it was one of those things in everything. We ended up winning championships. Uh, you know, senior year and went to bowl games both the years I was there. And uh, so, I mean, honestly, and and everything, and he was such a player's coach and everything he did, he looked out for the players. And what he said he was going to do for us, he would. And uh, and sure enough, I could literally say for a coach and recruiting, he everything he promised me when I sat down with him came true during my two years at Utah State. You, you ever think how crazy it is just the – how how quickly you picked up the game of football, but even going from JUCO to Utah State, and you had two years there, but then the second year being an All-American and putting yourself in position to get picked in the third round, just the, how the, oh. the, the quick progression <laughs> you had with so little of a football background, and then it just clicked so so easily for you. Yeah, uh, it was definitely one of those things... Uh, it was, you know, it, obviously, you know, when you're in it and you've done it, it, it's sometimes hard to really gather, like, what's been done and, and what you truly accomplished. And, you know, a lot of guys in the league, you know, I talked to them and they're telling the story, like, no way. Like, so they're like, so you basically didn't play football your first two years in college. <laughs> I was like, dang, you think about it, you know, I didn't, you know, I registered and took the second year off. And, and then you just come in here and not in third, you know, third round draft pick, you know, top 100, all this stuff. And I was like, bro, I'm, tired. I'm not lying. And they're like, Wow, and I was you know, and didn't play until senior. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that when you look back, and it, you know, I definitely you know have gained to try to acknowledge the fact that it is something special. It is something that um, is not done a lot, and I, you know, I appreciate you know, everything God did to to make that happen. I mean, there's a lot of situations where it probably couldn't have, you know, like especially like I think now going through the injuries I've gone through in the league. Um, imagine if those things happened in college and. And, uh, and those opportunities wouldn't be there as, you know, they were now. And so there's definitely, I was, you know, taking care of him since, like, um, remained injury-free, didn't miss any games, um, and was put in great situations to see, you know, the defense we were in was, was really good, especially, you know, junior year, having, you know, Bobby Wagner, who's now, you know, one of the top linebackers in the NFL, and, and then going in senior year and just having, you know, Dave Miranda, our defense coordinator, who's, uh, who's amazing. And I think, you know, he went to Wisconsin. I think he's at LSU right now, killing it. Um, but, uh, I, you know, definitely was blessed and, uh, and I'd say, yeah, it's one of those things that it's crazy that it did happen that way. And it's crazy that, you know, even now and talking to my friends that it's, you know, not only playing in the league, but, you know, this is year five coming up and it's just crazy how fast that goes, you know, it just flies by. So sometimes, yeah, it's hard to look back and really see what's been done. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been a fun road and, and uh, and just trying to keep it going as long as we can, man. Was there a moment at Utah State where you were making the adjustment, and maybe there was a little bit of doubt uh, about whether you were ready to be at the Division One level? Yeah, yeah, my junior year. I mean, uh, if you even go back and look at my stats, my junior year wasn't. I think I only started a few games. Um, I played in all of them, but I only started a few, and so. Uh, my junior year was not great. I mean, only I had zero interceptions. I had six pass breakups, and um, I don't know how many tackles, but that was it. Uh, that was my whole year's stats. 
which isn't great. Um, so obviously going there, it was like, man, this is definitely D1. And, you know, our first game we played was against Auburn. Um, the year after Cam left and won the national championship, it was like phew, being on that big stage. I mean, you know, I was definitely nervous, I remember. And uh, and just playing every game from there, it was like, whoa, you know, it was nuts. And towards the end of the year, I got a lot more playing action. And uh, and so I finished the year pretty, you know, somewhat confident, but definitely knew, like, you know, I wasn't that guy. I wasn't, you know, one of the top guys in the conference at all. Um, and, and I was far from where I thought I – would be going into my junior year but uh going into that senior year I mean uh I definitely felt like I worked hard I felt like I worked hard on everybody I felt like I was the best corner I could be as far as ability strength speed all that going into my senior year so what I did that off season did make me confident going into uh my senior year and sure enough my senior year I mean if you compare even stats like you know, junior year, six pass breakups, zero interceptions. Senior year, 17 pass breakups, uh, five interceptions, and then tied for first in NCAA for passes defended. So, I mean, it was like night and day, like literally night and day. What do you remember about draft day? Uh, I was sitting at, I think, Northern Quest Casino with my pops. I wanted to keep it low-key. I didn't, you know, my friends, um, we all woke up. Uh, some friends stayed over with me at my friend Matt's uh, mom's house and uh, and we all just kicked it you know downstairs and uh, kind of just excited uh, we all watched the first round obviously and um, and then we're like oh man you know tomorrow I think it's gonna be that day uh, you know going from the talks and what my agent told me he's like yo uh, you're gonna you're definitely getting drafted in the top three rounds I'm like what you know <laughs> not, you know I'm just excited to be drafted so when you told me that I was like you're crazy like this is nuts and uh, so I remember waking up draft day, uh, leaving the, my you know, friend's house to me on my pops, and, and we all, you know, we're all just excited, man. Uh, like, yo, this is the day, you know, it's going to be crazy. And, you know, you wake up into a day knowing, like, you know, this day is going to change the rest of your life. And, and so that whole day was, like, just crazy. I remember sitting there, um, you know, met with my parents, my brother, and uh, my little brother went to North Quest Casino, and we're just, you know, chilling. I wanted to kind of keep it low key and just, you know, watch it quietly amongst everybody else. And and I remember uh, in my head, I really thought Miami was going to get me. Um, that was kind of been like the team uh, that talked to the most. That's the team that my head coach in college was really close with. And a number of his players that he coached in Utah, Utah State, went to Miami. And so it was really like, okay, Miami, Miami. And sure enough, so I knew every pick they had. And I remember it was the third round and, and they drafted uh, – uh, Dallas Thomas, uh, a friend of mine now, uh, this old lineman, and I remember, like, man, damn, that was like the the team I thought. So now I'm thinking, like, well, hopefully I still get drafted to the ground, and then I'm like, I don't really know where this is gonna end up. And sure enough, I'm waiting, and I hear my name, and it's going, and it's going, and it's going. Then I hear a phone call, and it's from a, uh, I think a, uh, you know, Fort Davy, Florida number. So I'm kind of like, oh. Well, they're calling me, but at the same time, like, I have no more picks left anyway. So I'm like, mm-hmm. they're probably just calling to tell me, you know, hey, uh, if you're still here tomorrow, you know, we'd love to pick you up. And so, uh, you know, I answer. They're talking to me. Hey, how you doing? Uh, how would you feel, you know, playing for the Miami Dolphins? And, and I'm like, I mean, I'd love it. You know, <laughs> at that time, I'm like, yeah, this is where I thought, yeah, I think it'd be great. And they told me, all right, well, uh, 
we just traded with the Green Bay Packers. Have to come back in the third round, and uh, you know we're taking you with the forget which overall pick. We're taking you ninety something overall pick, and I was just like, Whoa. and sure enough, yeah, I look at the screen, and it says, okay, the Green Bay Packers traded the pick to Miami Dolphins. Da da da. Miami Dolphins select Will Davis. Da da da. Utah State. I was like, Whoa. and that moment, man, I'm looking on the phone. I'm looking at my dad. We go to my brother, and I'm telling them, like, yo, this is it. And they're like, what? They look at the screen, and it's happening. And uh, I think the craziest part that I didn't know is uh, how long you had to stay on the phone after that. Because I'm thinking, like, oh, man, but, you know, you got to talk to the head coach, GM. Then you got to interview with uh, this newspaper down there, this interview with this TV channel down there in Florida, this interview with this, all right after. So I was, like, so geeked and excited. But at the same time, I had to, you know, try to control my emotions and, answer all these questions you know i was on the phone for about 25 30 minutes and that's one thing that threw me off like i'd say that because me i just wanted to hang up the phone and, and go crazy and call my boys and the whole time my phone's going like you know people calling da, 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 and, I, and i can't answer you know so it's like i'm trying to hear and like all these calls and texts keep coming in and uh yeah it was uh, i mean it was so amazing and i remember just just you know getting off the phone finally hugging all my family and brother we're going crazy we're you know, uh, just bumping Drake and just that, that excitement to go and see all my boys. And sure enough, get to the house, all my boys are right. And we're just, you know, it's just it's just a party after that. I was going to say, it probably wasn't too low-key at Northern Quest once that was all happening. Like, did, <laughs> did, they, did they have no, any idea that, that, like, a draft pick was in their presence? Were you just, like, at Epic watching so, the draft? Well, yeah, it was, yeah, I was just sitting there watching. And uh, by the time I, because I obviously had left to talk on the phone so I could actually, like, control it. And by the time I came back, uh, my dad was excited, so he told people, and it was definitely like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a crazy amount of Miami Dolphins fans. There was one guy wearing his jersey, and so he was the most excited, and I keep in touch with him to this day. <laughs> yeah, but you, uh, which is crazy. Yeah, he's, you don't you don't go to a sports uh, bar during the NFL draft and then find out a guy at the next no. table just got picked. <laughs> Not at all. And so, uh, yeah, when you think about it, it's like, oh, and, and from that point, I mean, obviously, a lot of people turning heads, kind of like, yo, what's going on, and. And just trying to figure out what, because, yeah, at the same time, I agree. Like, especially, no offense, but, you know, Spokane, Washington, they're best, you know, probably not expecting a kid get drafted in the NFL sitting there in North Quest, you know, <laughs> you know, like, no, it's probably not going to happen. So, I mean, I can only imagine just like, wait, is this for real? And then, I'm, you know, people are literally looking down, looking back up. And they're like, oh man, this kid, yeah, went to high school, you know. <laughs> That's funny. You you mentioned the injuries, of course. How, how have the last four years been for you? Um, the first couple years, I mean, it went good. I mean, rookie year is a rookie year. Uh, you know, it was healthy, so it was, it was just kind of the rookie experience going through all that. Um, second year was fun, man. Going into camp, I had a great camp, and there was a big kind of battle really to get that third corner spot. Um, the, so in that rotation with uh, Brent Grimes and mm-hmm. Courtland Finnegan and uh, and uh, winning that spot and uh, the first game we played that year was against the Patriots and of course everybody had us losing you know by this much that much and we ended up beating them like 33 to 10 and uh, being on that field and making plays I mean Brady threw to me at least like 10 times and <laughs> he only gave up like two or three catches and, and uh, you know Garden Edelman and you know and all the other series I mean it was such a great experience and to have a great game my dad's there and all my you know my brother's there and my friend's there and to go into that year and uh first of all win that spot in camp and then you know going against these guys and have a great game uh my second year was you know definitely like you know super exciting and then of course later that year um uh tear my acl against the bills and 
And from that point, you know, I'd you know, never been hurt that would keep me in a game, especially hurt to that extent. Uh, so it was it was a huge learning experience, huge learning experience going through that and rehabbing and uh, just getting back to, you know, knowing like, hey, you know, you obviously left with a lot of high hopes. I mean, it was just like, yo, this kid could be something. I mean, he's, you know, he showed a lot of good signs his second year. And then, so when he gets back, man, you know, if he's the same kid, it's going to be, you know, everything's going to be great. And then, uh, so going back into camp, you know, I toured it in the year. So, you know, by the time camp came around, you know, I'm probably only nine months out. And so it's still kind of not the same kid yet. Um, in my opinion, I didn't feel the same. And, um, and so camp was still, you know, kind of tough. And, and then, uh, when it came down to it, you know, they had other draft picks just like every year. Um, I had, uh, my friend, good friend, Jamar Taylor, who's draft pick my year. He was playing well, um, he was healthy and it kind of, you know, sort of looking like, okay, they're, they're going to go another way, you know, instead of, instead of me. And I, you know, I could see that and my agent could see that. And so when it got to the end of the camp, um, my agent was really just like, you know what, uh, you know, what do you think about, you know, leaving Miami and, uh, on a trade and, it was one of those things that obviously I love Miami. I, um, you know, South Florida alone is, is amazing, especially <laughs> for, you know, a young kid and young single kid. So, I mean, I, I didn't want to leave. So I'm like, man, like, I don't know, man, are you sure about this? <laughs> and, uh, but you know, he pointed out all the opportunities as far as, you know, just the league and starting to think about that. And so I was like, all right, you know, I, I trust my agent to this day. And, um, so I said, okay. And sure enough, I'm thinking I'm going to be traded by the end of camp. So I'm like, man, any week, man, I'm going to be gone. You know, same with up to my boys. Uh, week one comes around. I'm still on the team. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Week two comes around, still there. And then week three comes around, and finally, you know, the trade comes, and here I'm going to Baltimore. And it was one of those things like, all right, well, here we go. I'm, you know, I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but now it's here. It's done. So that night – you know, I hear the trade, and that night I get flown out to Baltimore to get ready. And, and uh, so they gave me a week to kind of get the playbook, sit on the sidelines, watch the Bengals, uh, we, us play the Bengals, Ravens versus Bengals. And um, and just, you know, the game didn't go too good. We ended up losing. And then, sure enough, the next game, Thursday night game, and coach is like, Harbaugh's like, all right, you know, this is let you know we're throwing you in there. And I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be crazy. Next thing you know, Thursday night comes, and – I ended up basically on the same side as Antonio Brown all game. And when I tell you to this day, I mean, um, a lot of coaches probably say that's the best game of my career. I know a lot of coaches go back and look at that. Man, it was probably, yeah, the best game of my career thus far. And ended up, you know, uh, having a great game against him. I think he only had like four catches, 40 yards. And and um, it was just so, at that time, like, imagine that confidence building. You know, you just come out of ACL, you haven't played all year. You know, by this time, it's, you know, about a year out, so you're feeling good. And you go up against the best wide receiver in the game, you know, that most people, you know, people would consider, um, especially, you know, that year. And uh, and have a great game against them, bro, my confidence is through the roof. I remember leaving that game. All my boys seen it. I'm, a, you know, it's on Thursday night football, so everybody's watching. So to have your best game against that, too, or, you know, the whole league's watching, I mean, bro, it was, you know, I came out of that game flying, flying back home to Baltimore and even all my new teammates were just, you know, excited. Like, yo, this kid, you know, we just picked up a kid and he's, you know, he's dope. And obviously proving yourself on the field is huge. So go out there and kill it for my team. It was a big confidence booster for me. I just felt like, oh, man, I'm about to be the truth. <laughs> and then sure enough, you know, next game, put Cleveland Browns, tear my ACL again. Well, my other ACL. And that's when it was kind of like, bruh, 
Like, how is this happening to me, you know? What do you remember about that play? Uh, well, I'm guarding Travis Benjamin. I mean, he's another good receiver in the league, too. Uh, really good. And so it was kind of like one of those things at that point. Uh, you know, I just came out guarding the best, you know, receiver in the league and some people's opinions. So I was super confident going up against him. And um, it was just, you know, uh, one of those things he ran like a deep out and, you know, I planted and uh, it, yeah, just tore. So it's so funny. And uh, yeah, it sucked, man. It sucked going out. It was like in the second quarter. And it just, you know, I just hurt to really, it didn't really feel like I tore it. Um, Doctors said it did. And so I was kind of in disbelief, you know. The first one, I definitely felt something. This one, I was like, there's no way. Like, you know, I just went through it, you know, uh, last year went on. And I, and I knew, like, how it felt. And this didn't feel the same. So I was hoping it wouldn't be that bad. But surely enough, Tony TL, and I got to go through it again. So, uh, but yeah, man, that, that, that sucks. You, you have to kind of pick yourself up after that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of nights where you're sitting there and just kind of wondering, you know, <laughs> the path that God has for you and, and the decisions he's made for you and kind of, kind of trying to think back even, you know, maybe your sins and, and what could have led up that. I mean, you're, you know, you're trying to think of all these situations that, uh, made this decision happen in life and and so you're hard on yourself i'm hard on myself and you know and and then there's during rehab you know you want to kill it and, and get back and do this again you've been through the road so it was definitely easier like uh worked a lot harder this time than i did last time and uh but you know still it was you know it was a long time to get back in the field that's a long time of thinking about you know football and and, and what's ahead of you you get a few games last year did you start to feel a little bit more like yourself, even though you weren't able to finish the season on a roster? Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things, like, I mean, going into, like, after my first day, obviously, you know, I had, you know, a lot of time to get back, and going to my first game back, I mean, yeah, it was, it was tough. I uh, had Antonio Brown, but, you know, I killed it, um, and it was a blessing. And so going back into this one, you know, especially – it was later on in the year and, you know, wasn't really happy with the situation I was in, but yeah, it was one of the things I did understand, like, Hey, this is how life is. They want to go with this guy and try it out. But, you know, it was frustrating. You know, I definitely could say I wasn't um, happy. You know, I definitely felt like um, I should be playing more uh, just like every player probably does. And and so when the opportunity finally came, uh, I, I didn't probably have the best attitude. Um, but it was one of those things that, you know, I had to go in and play, probably didn't prepare myself the best and and uh but um went out there and yeah, didn't didn't have my best game man, so it was it was frustrating. I felt like, you know, if I was given this opportunity to do this, this and that to prepare myself, you know, it you know, things would have gotten a lot better and you know, stuff like that and it was the same kind of situation. This time, first game back up ACL, I had to go against OBJ. <laughs> and, uh, and coincidentally, you know, I was on OBJ's side the whole game. So it was just like, yo, like, um, um, but, you know, it didn't go as well as, you know, the last game coming off. So, yeah, it was frustrating. Uh, it was frustrating after the game. Um, and it was one of those scenes, like, times that, you know, I you know, showed my emotions. And, you know, uh, obviously I knew, you know, I probably didn't, you know, I didn't want to be here anymore. And, and it got down to the point where, you know, I think a few weeks later, you know, us and the, you know, the Ravens parted ways. And, and then at that point, you know, I think it was, I forgot which week it was. And then the season, it was kind of like, you know what, uh, even talking to my agent and, 
you know, we were just like, you know, I need a break. Just, you know, needed a break uh, from football and everything that was going on, man. And, and so, yeah, we decided to do that. Uh, flown to a few teams before. Um, I went to the U.K. Um, kind of during season, during, you know, some teams that might want to the playoff thing and uh, go to the playoffs. And then it was kind of like, okay, man, let's go to the U.K. Had a baby on the way. So was, I just want to enjoy my time um, with my girl and, uh, you know, the baby and uh, her daughter and just, you know, just get my mind away from football for a while. How You always hear people talk about, you know, becoming a father and all that, the the change of perspective. What what kind of impact has that had on you? Uh, I mean, you know, it changed, it changed everything. I, I mean, you know, everything I do in life, you know, she's in the back of my head now, you know. And just that, that extra push now, I was just like, you know, it's like, man, uh, you know, I got a girl, and so you want, you know, now you're thinking about how she's going to grow up her future and the best life you can make for a man and and uh, and just how you want her, you know, to grow up and, and see her father and hear about her father. And obviously she, she won't be able to actually watch me, you know, play in a game as far as, like, knowing what's going on, being old enough to be aware Unless, you know, I play like 17 some years, like Steve Smith, something like that. But I don't see myself trying to play that long, man. And, uh, but yeah, man. So it's just, I mean, she's, yeah, she's in the back of my head, you know, uh, always, man. So, um, I can, I could just say, like, she's, you know, it's just thinking about her every day. And she's such a beautiful little girl. And, um, it has changed everything. And I think, uh, and it was just a bright light, you know, ever since she was born. I mean, a lot of, things have been going good man going right and that's why i'm excited like even just this opportunity with the niners and and to go in here and just you know kind of re-kick everything go back you know to these great moments that you know i feel like i could have and i felt like a lot of people thought i could have and so i'm excited just to get those opportunities back and just you know make a you know a great career out of that to make you know a great life for her the knees feeling all right yo yeah knees feels great man that's what Obviously, you know, the big thing, you know, of course, going to the Niners and, you know, trying out in the medicals and all they just want to make sure. And, and uh, yeah, I went out there and killed it, man. And so they were just like, yo, you look great. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, man, like, uh, how do you feel? I was like, I feel great. And, of course, medicals and all that went great. I mean, uh, the doctors that you know, did my surgery did an amazing job. I'm not going to I could say that. They definitely had me feeling, like, you know, stronger and better. just kind of like, you know, Adrian Peterson, go out there ACL next year, you know, run for, like, 2,000, like, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I feel great. So it was one of those things like, um, I'm excited. Everything's been going good. I went to OTAs, mini camp, uh, did, you know, play great, um, uh, killed it. And, and I just want to, you know, do the same thing, go on to, uh, camp this year and just do the same thing, man. And, uh, and just, you know, you take advantage of this opportunity and on this defense with the 49ers and, and, uh, have a good year. Have a great year. You got what? Two more weeks left before you got to get to camp. Oh, yeah, a little less than that. So next Wednesday I'll be heading off. Got any plans? So about a week and what, eight days. Uh, any plans? Uh, no, nah, I just stay out here, you know, train and uh, <laughs> play golf. <laughs> <laughs> Get that handicap down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get that down, you know, hopefully to a respectable thing before I before I head back, you know. Cool. 
Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Uh, best of luck with everything. It'll be fun seeing you back out there and, and healthy and all that. And, uh, you know, you, you always know you got Thank a lot of people you, in Spokane watching because, like you said, there's only a handful of guys, you know, yourself and Bishop Sankey that, that have made it out of Spokane. So, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and all those people at Northern Quest that saw you got drafted, I'm sure they're following you as well. <laughs> yeah, they you know, I definitely try to stay in touch with, with uh, them too, especially – just say, yeah, that one guy I told you on came out. We talk, you know, just every year. He always says how I'm doing, how I'm feeling. That's cool. Um, you know, and I always take care, especially in Miami. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. It's going to be great, man. It's definitely going to be great. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. It's good talking to you always.